الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد فعن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كل سلامة من الناس عليه صدقة كل يوم تطلع فيه الشمس يعدل بين الاثنين صدقة ويعين الرجل في دابته فيحمله عليها أو يرفع عليه عليها متاعه صدقة والكلمة الطيبة صدقة وبكل خطوة يمشيها في الصلاة صدقة ويميط الأذى عن الطريق صدقة رواه البخاري ومسلم الحمد لله we're continuing with the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi and as we explained previously the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi discusses the fundamentals of our deen, the fundamentals of Islam. And I would like for everybody, when you venture to read the hadith on your own, and as we were discussing in tafsir, in every hadith and in every uh, statement of the Prophet ﷺ, we should have the attitude that the Prophet ﷺ is speaking to me. That Allah Azza wa Jalla is giving me advice. The Prophet ﷺ is giving me advice. How is this relevant to me? What, what is this asking of me? This is an amazing way to make the hadith and to make the Quran applicable to your life. Personally, if somebody's talking and giving a lecture and it has nothing to do with me, I really don't care. Honestly. I'll fall asleep. A lot of times why Imam is giving khutbah, everybody's falling asleep, is because it has nothing to do with me. What does it have to do with my life? True or false? He's telling stories, he's in another world, I'm in another world. Huwa fi wadin wa ana fi wad. Huwa fi wadin wa ana fi wad. He's in one valley, on one side of the earth. He's in Iran, in Japan, and I'm in somewhere else. I want to know what does this have to do with me? So, it's very simple and it's very easy. Whatever ayat, and whatever hadith we read, this is why Allah Azza wa Jal commanded us, Afala yatadabbarun al-Qur'an. Do you not reflect and do you not ponder over the Qur'an? So just like we are commanded by Allah Azza wa Jal to ponder over the Qur'an, we must ponder over the words of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The Qur'an is wahi, min Allah Azza wa Jal. And hadith is also something that is an inspiration from Allah Azza wa Jal into the heart of Sayyidina Muhammad Remember the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, our belief about hadith is that the Quran is wahyi jali and the hadith is wahyi khafi. This is a very important concept to understand. Wahli jali and wahyi khafi. Wahli jali means clear, explicit, direct revelation from Allah Azza wa Jal. The wahi jali is that which is recited in our prayers, that which is preserved between the two bindings of the mushaf. This is wahi jali. Al matlubi al sinati nasif salawat. وَمَا بَيْنَ دَفَّتَيِ الْمُصْحَفِ That which is recited in our salawat and that which is preserved between the two bindings of this mushaf which everybody knows this is Kitabullah Azza wa Jal and wahyi khafi 
is that inspiration that is the words of guidance and of ahkam of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which is we call, right, the lesser, the subtle, the subtle inspiration. I'm using this specific word to differentiate between the revelation of Allah's words as we recite it in our salawat, as it is preserved between the two bindings of the Mus'haf, Quran Kareem, Kalamullah. And Wahi Khafi is hadith, is the inspiration from Allah and a guidance for what Allah Ta'ala inspired Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and guided him and inspired him in the explanations of the Quran and of Ahkam and of various other words of wisdom. As Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentions in the Quran, Allah is the one who sent to the illiterate peoples a messenger. Allah is the one who sent his messenger to these illiterate peoples. He calls them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the verses of the Quran. He purifies them of the diseases of the heart. And he teaches them the kitab, yani kitabullah, wal hikmah, and the wisdoms. Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah explains, he says, al-kitab wal-Quran wal-hikmah wal-sunnah. So, tadabbur is for both of these. Wahyain. That's why the ulama call Quran and Sunnah Wahyain. The two revelations. One is revelation in the form of Allah's book. One is inspiration in the form of words of guidance and what then explains the commandments of the book. Another, in, another indication to this is uh, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. Um, That we reveal to you this book, we reveal to you this remember, reminder, this dhikr, this Quran. It was revealed to you, O Muhammad, so that you may explain to them that which has been revealed to them. So here it's talking about the tabiin, the bayan, and the tanzil. So there's tabiin. And then there's Tanzil. The Tanzil is Kitabullah. The Tabiin is Hadith and, Quran, hadith and, and, and Sunnah. لِتُبَيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ أَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الذِّكْرَ لِتُبَيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ We reveal this book to you so that then after that you may reveal or you may elucidate, explain to them, elaborate to them that which has been revealed to them. So all of these narrations in this book in particular, the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi. And this book is available everywhere. These are rules to live by. These are fundamental principles of Islam. Every hadith in this book is something to live by or in a very important principle to remember about Islam. So previously, this hadith that we're in today, 
hadith number 26. It's an explanation of the hadith number 25. It's almost identical. So I'll read the last week's so that we understand this week's and then I'm not going to explain this one because it's already... I explained the details of this in the last week's bayan. What was the last week's? Some of the Sahaba came to the Prophet ﷺ and said, Ya Rasulullah, the rich companions, the companions were maldar, they have money, they beat us. We can't catch up to them. Why? Because they give so much charity. We pray and they pray. We fast and they fast. But they do something we cannot do. They spend. But we can't do that. We can't give charity like they give charity. So, you know what? We're going to fall behind. We're going we're gonna to lose the race. So the Prophet ﷺ then explained to them that charity is not only monetary. Charity doesn't only have to be with money. There's other ways of charity. And then the Prophet ﷺ explained this in detail. And what did he say? He says, أَوَلَيْسَ قَدْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ مَا تَصَدَّقُونَ أَوَلَيْسَ قَدْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ مَا تَصَدَّقُونَ Did Allah Ta'ala not give you something that you can give in sadaqah? What can we give in sadaqah? Because they were thinking, Sahaba were thinking that sadaqah is only in mal. But sadaqah is not only in mal. Sadaqah can only be in amal. One is mal, one is amal. Fi amalikum. And then what the Prophet said, he's correcting their understanding now. Inna bi kulli tasbihatin sadaqah. Wa kulli takbiratin sadaqah. Wa kullu tahmeedatin sadaqah. Wa kullu tahleelatin sadaqah. Every subhanallah is a sadaqah. Every time you say subhanallah, this is a sadaqah. Wa kullu takbiratin. Every time you say Allahu Akbar. And every time you say la ilaha illallah. And every time you say alhamdulillah. And then, wa amrin bil ma'roofi sadaqah. Enjoining and encouraging somebody to do good, this is also sadaqah. Wa nahyin an munkarin sadaqah. And forbidding someone from evil is also charity. And when a person has relations with the right intention with their spouse, this is also an act of charity. And then the Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, how can this be? A person is fulfilling his desire and he gets charity? He says, if a person were be doing it and fulfilling his desires in forbidden manner, if he's doing something in a haram manner, would he not get a sin? He said, yes. So if he's doing something with the right intention in the halal manner, would he not get a reward? He said, yes. So from this we understand that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum asked a very important question and that is that charity can be through all the different means and amal. And also we had a lengthy discussion. What's this game about? The game of life. How do you win the game? You know, you have all these different games. You have pool, you have basketball, you have football. There's a way of winning the game. What about life? Anybody wants to, this, is a, this was a one-hour lecture. This was last week's lecture. This hadith teaches us how you win the game of life. For those who weren't here yesterday, I'm going to make it very mukhtasar. Football, basketball, soccer, baseball is a game, right? How do you win that game? You win that game that the one who has the more points in the end wins. True or false? Okay, now, life, this is a game. This, this game of life, not a game, a race. Okay, not a race, an objective. Who's the one who attains the objective here? 
Who wins in life? You ever think about that? What is this life about? Who wins? I like to look at it to make it easy for everybody. We shouldn't call it a game, but it's a game. Allah Ta'ala says, yeah, Allah calls it a business. Allah calls it a tijarat. This is metaphorical. It's not literal. It's for us to understand. It's an analogy. See, no, life is not a game. And that doesn't, because when we, say, when, we, when we think of game, we think something not serious. But Allah Ta'ala also uses an analogy. He calls it tijarat. Is life a tijarat? Where's the store? Where's the bazaar? Where's the market? I don't see. It's an analogy. Allah wants you to understand. So I'm also trying to make you and us and all of us to understand what's this game about. In sports, video games and sports and football and cricket and soccer and baseball, whoever has the most points wins. But what about the game of life? The one who has the most houses? Is this monopoly? The one who has the most houses wins? The one who has the biggest at the end. So we're rushing. We're racing to see at the end of this game who has the biggest bank balance, right? At the end when you see, okay, I got the biggest bank balance. Yes, now I win the game of life. Do you win the game of life by having the biggest bank balance? Or all of the degrees? Or all the businesses? How many businesses do you own? How many houses do you own? How many villages do you own? How much mall do you own? How much clothes do you have? How much shoes did you collect? How many cars do you have in your driveway? This is the one who wins the game? It gets confusing. I don't know then what is this game about. There was an elderly man. He's a good Muslim. But this is when we don't understand, when we're not connected with this guidance. Bichara, he's 70 years old. I didn't, I didn't gain anything. I don't even have This is, this is. Everybody says this. I don't even own a house. And I reached the age of 70. And he was, he was, he was sharing his heart with me. His wife left him. And he's sitting in a rented home. Kiraya ka ghar. Right? It's qiyamat to live in a rented house. You're not a normal human being. You're a, you're a horse. You're living in a stable. You're not a normal human being if you're living in a rented house. You have to own a house. Because if you don't own a house, then you're a horse. You're living in a horse stable. This is the way people think. Wallahi alazim. They have no satisfaction. This guy, Is this what the life is about? I said, everything of success that you need to have, you have. In this game of life. I said, you do hajj every single year. Every year, he does hajj. Sincere person. Namazi person. But his, his mind and his... 
I said, everything you, you need for your success, you have attained that. You win the game of life by this. Allah Ta'ala says, فَمَنْ ثَقُلَتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ وَمَنْ خَفَّتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِيدَ خَسِرُ أَنفُسَهُمْ The one whose good deeds is heavy, his hasanat, on the day of judgment, he says, الْوَزْنُ يَوْمَ إِذِنِ الْحَقِّ The wazn on the day of judgment is true. The wazn, there will be a mizan, there will be tarazu on the day of judgment, a mizan, a scales. On one side, all of your good deeds will be put. On the other side, all of your sins will be put. Allah Ta'ala calls, وَالْوَزْنُ يَوْمَ إِذِنِ الْحَقِّ The wazn, the mizan on the day of judgment is haqq. فَمَنْ ثَقُلَتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ This is mentioned twice in the Qur'an. فَأَمَّا مَنْ ثَقُلَتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةٍ رَاضِيَةٍ وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَفَّتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَأُمُّهُ هَاوِيَةٍ وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا هِيَةٍ Right? In Surah Qari'ah. In Surah Al-Qari'atum Al-Qari'ah. وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا الْقَارِعَةِ يَوْمَ يَكُونُ النَّاسُ كَالْفَرَاشِ الْمَبْثُوثِ وَتَكُونُ الْجِبَالُ كَالْعِهْنِ الْمَنْفُوشِ فَأَمَّا مَنْ ثَقُلَتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةٍ رَاضِيَةٍ As for the one whose scale of deeds is heavy with hasanat, فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةٍ رَاضِيَةٍ مَزِمِ هُوَا He is going to be مزِمِ enjoyable life who not the one who collected the most valuables he collected the most comic books and baseball cards he had the most baseball memorabilia and he passed away congratulations you won the game oh bhai what's this all about what is this all about what's this game of life about how much good you can do in this world خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ Allah created death and Allah created life لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ so that He may test you and try you أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا which one of you is best in deeds doesn't matter how much money you earn earn money, good but do good deeds along with that Get all the degrees, but use that for hasanat. Do good. Allah didn't say don't work. Allah didn't say don't go to school. Allah didn't say don't get degrees. Allah didn't say collect cars. Allah didn't say make big mansions. Do all of it. But why you're doing it? Allah didn't make mana of any of that. But don't forget the game. What's the game about? The game is about hasanat. So that you don't forget your purpose. And whoever has the most hasanat, he wins the game. Easy. Even a child can understand this. Who wins the game? Uh, Muhammad? Who wins the game? The, mo the one who has most? That's it. The one who has the most good deeds. He wins the game. You win the game. It's not about collecting the most baseball cards, right? collecting the most bank balance. The toys change at every age. 
toys, they just change. When we're, we're kids, we're doing these cars, collecting them, and when we become 40 and 50, we're collecting bigger cars. We're still child. We're still playing with toys. We're still making ourselves happy with material things. Isn't it? It's still a, you're still a child, but it's just the f you become more, you know how to hide your, your childishness. You're a, a mature immature. You're a ma more mature immature. The more mature we become, the more we realize the deeper meanings of life. Helping other human beings. How can I be a source of happiness? How can I be a source of assistance? How can I be a source of blessing? How can I help other human beings in this world? How can I better the quality of someone else's life? This is the most beautiful purpose to live for. I tell all of my students, is that no matter what you do, whatever, whatever expertise Allah put you in, the Sahaba Kiram were not all Mulvis and Qadis and Muftis. No. They were traders, they were businessmen, they were tujjar, they were farmers, they were shepherds, they were carpenters, they were blacksmiths. Read. Only 100 to 50 Sahaba, 100 to 50 of them, there was 150,000 Sahaba. Only about 100 of them or 50 of them, they were fully dedicated to learning and they were Qadis and they were Hafiz. That's it. Not more than 100 to 50 of them. People, when they think about the Sahaba, they think of people sitting in the corner of the masjid, you know, and reading Quran all day. That was not who the Sahaba were. What we learn from the example of Sahaba is that whatever the Sahaba had, whatever expertise Allah had given them, they used it for the deen of Allah. Whatever you do, if you're in business, use your business for the deen of Allah. If you're a doctor or if you're a physician, use it some way to benefit humanity, benefit the ummah of Muhammad Wasallam. Oh Allah, you gave me this expertise. I will use it for your ummah. I will use it for the khidmat of your deen. Oh Allah, you gave me a business, my business will be, part, a portion of it will be dedicated to upliftment of your deen. Oh Allah, you made me a math, a mathematician. I will give my time to tutor the Muslim children in mathematics so that they can become educated. This is wonderful. These are great things. This is what a community and this is what an ummah is made up of. This is what an ummah is made up of. Whatever Allah Ta'ala has given us, we spend of that upon... So, we understood this hadith, right? Now, the next hadith, it's very similar. Also, understanding another reality. When you wake up in the morning, you have this body. This is the vehicle. You can't play the game of life without this. But for this, you need to pay tax. California they're taking taxes of everything. You need to, you, 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 you go home and you enjoy the electricity and you enjoy the warm water and you enjoy the heating and the HVAC. All of that you enjoy, right? You got to pay. You enjoy the eyes. You enjoy the ears. You enjoy your legs. You enjoy your hands picking up and 
you know, one day your arm gets injured and you realize how valuable is that arm. One day your knee gets injured and you can't walk properly, you know the value of that knee. Or any other organ in your body. Right, Dr. Saab? I mean, you see, subhanAllah, one small tiny thing in a human being, it becomes, you know, out of order. Like, you know, you just, one small thing goes out of order. I don't know, Dr. Saab, I was, I was recently, uh, I'm just saying this so we can understand this hadith that's coming. Something in the ear, that if something happens in the ear, you get vertigo. Right, Dr. Saab? There is... I mean, this Dr. Saab is telling you, I learned about this just recently, that a person said that I, I was having, you know, chakkar, I was getting dizzy, and I was falling, and I went to the doctor, and they checked my ear, and there's something inside his eardrum. And because of that, he couldn't walk properly. I said, Allahu Akbar. Look at the ni'mats of Allah. One, one part becomes malfunction, one part of the body gets affected and you can't even walk properly. Small little thing in here, how are you going to know? This is why hadith number 26, Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu says that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Kullu sulama min nasi alihi sadaqah kulla yawmin tatlu'u fihi shams. Every day that you wake up and every day, which, and I was looking at that, is it 9.30? I'm talking so much. It's already one hour. Well, Mahmoud, you couldn't wait. <laughs> See, Brother Mahmoud, he's, he's Ma'murun min Haji Bashir. Haji Bashir is a... So, okay, we, okay, so I'm going to make it short today because tonight we're going to lose an hour. This time change is Bebarakati time change. This Bebarakati. You, you're, you're already racing, trying to do everything in your day, and then there's... You lose the barakah and add another hour. So yeah, so we're already nine nine 9.40. I'll make it short today. Inshallah, I won't read the next one. We'll finish on this hadith. For every joint in your body, you have to pay rent. It doesn't say rent, it says sadaqah, but same thing. Meaning is, you have to give the shukrana what do we call it? Shukrana. The gratitude. A payment of gratitude. Allah doesn't need it. It's for us to value. Allah doesn't need money from us. Don't get me wrong. It's not we're paying Him, right? But it's something that has so much value. For every joint in your body, you have to give a charity out of gratitude. It's not tax. It's not rent. Tax and rent is something else. This is a payment of gratitude. Ya Allah, shukr. That for this blessing that you have given me, it is due that I should bless somebody. That I should spend from my wealth in gratitude to you, O oh Allah. Something of good, something of charity, in a right, in a good cause, because of what you have blessed me with. For every joint in the body. And it's mentioned in... It's mentioned in one hadith and another hadith that there are 360-some joints in the body, more or less. And for everyone, 
There is a charity that is due. Yani, a gratitude. كُلَّ يَوْمٍ تَفْضُعُ فِيهِ الشَّمْسِ Every day upon which the sun rises. In other words, every day is a day in which we work. It's a day in which we strive. It's a day in which we go to school. It's a day in which we try to achieve and accomplish our goals. So every day is as if you are given an opportunity by Allah Ta'ala to do whatever He has given you in this life to do good deeds. Like when you, you know, use gas or you, lose elect you use electricity or you... So they have a time period, right? That from here to here and this much you use and this many gallons, right? So Allah says, okay, for 360 joints every day. So in other words, $360 at least. Yani, if you were to take one sadaqah to be a dollar. So $360 you owe. You owe. What happens if you don't pay that? That's probably why your joints are hurting here and there, maybe. Then the gas gets turned off, the electricity gets turned off, the water gets turned off, you don't pay the bill. I'm not saying that. That's not what the hadith is saying, but you can kind of understand now. You don't give the shukrana of something. You gotta get it. You have to pay it somewhere. You don't give the gratitude of something. When, did, when do we give the gratitude of these things? Do we ever give the gratitude for these things? One of the most beautiful du'as that I read from amongst the Salaf and the pious predecessors, the Sahaba and the Tabi'een, I forgot who it was. The du'a is, Oh Allah, forgive me for not thanking you for the blessings that you have given me. SubhanAllah. Oh Allah, forgive me that for the millions of blessings that you have given me that I have not thanked you for. Forgive me. Because your, your blessings upon me, as Allah says in one of the verses of the Quran, And Allah has showered you with His blessings. Zahiratan wa batina. Batin, yani one thing inside your ear, that batin, that we don't know what's going on in this machine. Batini tor par kya ho raha hai? Andar mein. Ek kharab ho jaye to bas. That's it. One thing goes off inside, you're, you're just, you know, you're worried, you're in, you're in, you're in you know, your, your life is, 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 is completely flipped upside down. So then the Prophet explains. In another hadith, it doesn't mention it here, but in another hadith said, Ya Rasulullah, how can a person afford a sadaqah for every joint? For 360 joints, we don't have that type of money every day. I mean, you got that type of money? 360 bucks a day? It's expensive to have a body. Good Lord, it's expensive to have a human body these days. Every inflation is going up. Gas is expensive. Now having a human body is also expensive. Walking around $360. Add that up. Hafsab, who's a math mathematician? 360 times 30. Huh? It's almost ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand just for your for your body makes sense. Human body is very valuable. Ten thousand bucks. Sahaba got kind of scared, so he says, "Okay, okay, let me explain to you." Ya adilu bayn al sadaqa. 
you reconciliate between two people that are arguing with one another, this is a sadaqah. وَيُعِينُ الرَّجُلَ فِي دَابَّتِهِ فَيَحْمِلُهُ عَلَيْهَا أَوْ يَرْفَعُ عَلَيْهَا مَتَاعُهُ صَدَقَةً Helping a person get on his horse or helping a person load his camel is a sadaqah. وَالْكَلِمَةُ الطَّيِّبَةُ صَدَقَةً Any good word is sadaqah. You just say hi to your neighbor with a good intention. This is a sadaqah. Hi, so-and-so, good morning. And you say it with a good intention that the Prophet ﷺ commanded me to be good to my neighbors. مَنْ كَانَ يُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ فَلَا يُؤْذِي Anyone who believes in Allah and last day, let him not harm his neighbor. Let him be good to his neighbor. Let him do good to his neighbor. So there is a high sadaqah. Remove. And as it continues... وَبِكُلِّ خَطْوَةٍ يَمْشِيهَا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ صَدَقَةٍ Every step that he takes to the masjid for salat is sadaqah. Subhanallah. وَيُمِيطُ الْأَذَى عَنِ الطَّرِيقِ صَدَقَةٍ And removing something garbage or something harmful from the road, this is sadaqah. Removing something harmful from the road, this is a sadaqah. And in the hadith which continues, the Prophet ﷺ gave easy to cover all the 360. And two rakats that a person performs in the early part of the day, Salatul Duha. It's either two rakats or four rakats. I think it's two. وَرَكَعَتَانِ يَرْكَعَهُمَا وَرَكَعَتَانِ يَرْكَعُهُمَا فِي أَوَّلِ النَّهَارِ تَعْدِلُ ذَلِكَ كُلَّهِ and the two rakats that he performs, which is called Salatul Duha, in the early part of the day, suffices for all of that. Why is that? How can these two rakats be that? Because you're putting your whole body in shukr. You're putting your whole body in sajda. Now the question is, why does the Fajr and the Zuhr and the Asr and the Maghrib and the Isha don't fulfill that? I'm doing it all day, five times a day. Is because that is fard. You have to do that. That doesn't count. Yani that's fard. That's a faridah. You got to do extra. With the extra that you're getting, you got to give extra. With the extra you're doing, you got to give extra. This is what you got to do. This is your faridah. This is your obligation. Your obligation doesn't count. You owe me more. You owe me more than that. So let us all get into the habit of this. Amazing salat, salatul duha. وَرَكَعَتَانِ يَرْكَعُهُمَا فِي أَوَّلِ النَّهَارِ And when is the time of this start? After the rising of the sun, up to midday, what we call forenoon. Before noon time. So from the beginning time of it is when the sun has risen. Op clear and open sun has risen till before the zenith of the sun so we would say like from let's just approximate 7 a.m to like 11 30 or 12 anytime and your lunch break do it you know when you're at home when you take a lunch break when you take your brunch break do the two rakats make this intention ya allah this is a shukr for you for all the blessings and that fulfills the sadaqah of all your joints and it says another thing about these two rakats. 
Yabida Adam, O son of Adam, perform four rakats. This is the other hadith. Perform four rakats in the early part of the day for my sake, and I will suffice for you for the rest of the day. Yabna Adam, O son of Adam, perform four rakats. So in the two that you do, add another two. In the two that you do, add one more, add two more. Make it four, and then you, this is another barakah. Do four for my sake in the early part of the day, I will suffice you for the rest of the day. Mullah Ali Qari explains the sufficiency for the rest of the day means Allah will protect you for the rest of the day, or Allah will suffice your needs for the rest of the day. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to implement what has been said. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُ مِحَمْدِكَ نَشْهَدُ وَاللَّهِ لَا إِ